quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. We're back for another episode. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi, Gemma. How are you? Doing well. Excited for this episode. Um, We're going to talk about sibling rivalry, and this is kind of what brought Michelle and I both to Connective Parenting. It was a big one for us. Yeah, my um, girls were fighting really badly, um, so much so that Esme held Pia underneath the water in the pool, and I had to get in with my clothes on, and I was so scared, and um, it it just became obvious that things were not going well and I needed help. And so it really did bring me to connective parenting was one of the major things in our household. Yeah. I mean, that was the main thing that we worked on. Not the main, because we worked on everything, but one of the main in the six weeks with you that I was like, I brought home this baby and Caleb is poking his eye every day and it's escalating. And I do not know what to do with two kids. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Michelle has a little sibling protocol and we're yeah. going to, oh, go so I created, um, a sibling protocol and it's 12 things you can do in the moment to kind of, you know, get more connected to your kids and also intervene when they're having struggles. And I think that was the biggest shift for me was think trying to figure out ways that I could intervene that would be effective because everything I was doing before just didn't work. So these 12 things I think really work and have helped me tremendously. And I teach it to all of my clients. So you guys are going to get it for free in this download that Gemma's going to link to our um, episode. That's really important. What you just said made me think of what I used to do. And it was always scream like whenever Caleb would hurt Jonah I would scream because I didn't know what else to do like I thought that was the fastest way to stop it but now I'm like that I was making it worse I made it worse every day yeah I did too I was you know blaming and shaming and intervening and you know giving punishments and it was just making Esme more angry more angry because she was always getting you know punished and so this is a really good way to just kind of come at it by being the coach as opposed to being like the judge and jury. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to walk us through like your girls, what they're fighting over and what you do step by step? Yeah. So in my house, because my girls are a little older, the big thing is someone's always touching someone's stuff or taking someone's stuff or putting someone's stuff where they don't want their stuff to be. (laughs) Um, And so, and inevitably my younger one is, touching my older one's makeup. That's what comes to mind for me. And, you know, Pia will be putting her hands in my older daughter's makeup and Esme will be like, ew, you're so disgusting. Get your dirty hands out of my makeup. 
And I mean, I kind of get it. Like, I don't want somebody's dirty hands in my makeup either. But the way in which she says it and how disconnected she is when she's trying to, you know, talk to her sister around this just makes everything worse. Mm -hmm. So in those moments, I'd like to, first of all, when I hear anything happening, like if there's some sort of kerfuffle happening, I go in right away. I don't let them navigate it themselves because if it's gotten to a place where I can hear it, then it's likely not going to de-escalate without some intervention. Now, granted, I don't have to intervene like I used to. I used to be like constantly running in to the mm -hmm. point where I was like, I wouldn't leave them. If your kids are really fighting really badly, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily leave them alone until you can get this kind of figured out. But mm -hmm. the first thing is, is go in right away. Don't let them, don't let them suffer mm -hmm. amongst themselves. When we did the, um, when we took your six week course, I remember there was a period of time where you were like, never leave them alone because <laughs> things were so bad. Like we were like, Oh my gosh, 24 hours a day. <laughs> we don't want them injured. I mean, that's the thing we, I go to is like, we don't want anybody hurt, yeah. you know? And I think that's what happens. And, um, I, you know, my oldest held my youngest under the water in the pool. And I think that was kind of my breaking point where I was like, um, this is not, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And what I found out was that they were not getting along because my connection was so broken with them. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I was able to remedy that part, as soon as I was able to strengthen the connection with each of them, they were able to think better. And so they were able to navigate their, you know, upsets with one another much easier. But, you know, there's always going to be times where people aren't thinking well and prefrontal cortex are gone and they need our help because they're young, immature individuals. Um, so I come, <laughs> yes. And if it's constant, then you're like, oh my gosh, all I'm doing is putting out fires all day long, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I like the, this protocol. We come in right away and we say, okay, all right, everybody take a breather, take a minute. You might even say, why don't you guys take a minute and then we'll come back in like five minutes and we'll discuss it if it's that heated. And then when you come back in, I say, okay, what happened? You know, as me, Pia, what happened? I just want to know what happened. And I'm not trying to find out what happened because I'm trying to figure out who to punish or who to blame or who's wrong or who's right. I'm really giving them an opportunity to be heard. That's really it because I'm not going to come in as judge and jury. And I don't, quite frankly, I don't know what has happened throughout the day. I don't know the nuance of their relationship. I don't know if Pia is mad at Esme for something else and now she's getting her back by touching her makeup because she knows that's going to really irritate her. And quite frankly, I don't care too much. I just want to give them a safe place to navigate their own relationship. So I'll say, okay, Esme, what happened? She'll be like, she touched my makeup. She's so annoying. Blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, okay, okay. I hear you. She touched your makeup. Okay. PMP like I just touched the one edge. I don't know why she's so upset about it. She touched mine yesterday and X, Y, and Z. And I'll say, okay, so what can we do ladies? What can we do to remedy this? And sometimes they'll be like, I don't know. And so I'll say, okay, as you don't want her to touch her makeup. Can you find a kind way to say that to her? don't touch my makeup. You're so dirty. And I'll be like, no, no, let's try again. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's not quite right. Can you my find a nicer way? Can <laughs> you find a nicer way? And she'll say, please don't touch my makeup. Great. Okay. Pia, did you hear her? She said, please don't touch my makeup. And she'll say, yeah, well, I don't want her to touch my makeup either. I'm like, okay, fair enough. 
then you say that to her. Can you say it kindly? Don't touch my makeup either. Well, let's find a different way. Let's do, can we say, hey, Esme, please don't touch my makeup and I won't touch yours. And so then it's like you're coaching them how to, to talk to one another and you're leading them into a place where they're learning how to ask for what they want and set a limit, but do it kindly. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, this takes, you might have to do this 40 times before they really get it. And I know that sounds exhausting, but it, but you're creating a platform for your kids to have a good relationship. And that's what we want. And you're also teaching them kind communication. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we can step in in this way, then we give them tools they can use going forward with their friends and, and with us and just in general. I think the 40 times is probably accurate. <laughs> But now, I mean, Caleb's four and a half and he can actually walk them through that by himself when he's in the right mindset. Like if he's connected enough with me, I've seen him do that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Amazing. See what you're teaching. Well, because you're teaching him. Yeah, it's definitely not every time, but there are times when he does it. Blows me away. Yeah, that's great. It's awesome. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again, That's what women mention over and over in their reviews, and there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com, and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. ByHeart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. ByHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. And sometimes my girls won't need me to intervene because they'll do it. And a lot of times, too, I'll, I'll come in. I'll say, OK, guys, the, and maybe even after that, I'd say, OK, guys, remember, the rule in the house is we don't touch each other's things without asking. And then it's like we're not coming in and saying, Pia, don't touch her stuff. You're wrong. Why are you doing that? And then we don't shame Pia because if we do come in and take sides. So if I came in and I said, Pia, don't touch your sister's makeup. That's not right. The rule in the house is we don't touch the makeup. Okay, now how does Pia feel? Pia feels shame and embarrassment and anger. And now she's mad at me for shaming her. And she's mad at her sister for 
quote unquote, getting her in trouble. Mm -hmm. So how is Pia going to respond with the next interaction with she and her sister? Probably pretty bad. And how is she going to respond the next interaction between she and I? Probably not so good. So we never want to take sides and shame and blame, even if there is a side to take, only because then we just erode the connection more. We can just state the rule. There's no touching people's things. Don't remember. Don't forget. And so then it's said to everybody and one person isn't necessarily singled out. Mm-hmm. That's like, I wish I knew that three years ago because, or two, two and a half years ago. Cause when Jonah was born, I started that right away. Like I broke their connection immediately by always blaming Caleb for everything because Jonah was the baby. Like he couldn't mm-hmm. do anything, but little stuff like he would touch him wrong and I'd be like how could you do that why would you touch the baby like that and poor Caleb's like what yeah well (laughs) my kid held Esme held Pia under the water in the pool come on who was like the worst offender here (laughs) I mean Esme could do no right and so I was constantly blaming her too just like you and eventually she just took it out on her sister Mm because she had nowhere else to take it out because I certainly wasn't going to allow that to happen because I was like a tyrant and so she used her sister to get out her aggressions. And yeah, that's like dead on because that's exactly, I can clearly see it now with Caleb. Like Caleb hated Jonah for a full year, but he, the hate was modeled by us, like shaming him constantly and saying like, your brother's not safe to you. Stay away from him. Yeah. Yeah. We just did everything backwards back then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I could we see, it. you know, Esme's relationship with me was playing out with her relationship yeah. with Pia. So it was yeah. like, she was just, she was modeling me. Mm-hmm. So sad. I know. I but know. We didn't know when we didn't know. <laughs> no, but now we know and now we can yes. move on and there's lots of opportunities to help them find a better way. Mm-hmm. I do that when they have conflicts. Um, and then we also like, I'm proactive about it to the point where I will make sure that they're connected almost all day. Or if we ever leave them with someone, I'm like, let's get them connected before we go. So they don't fight the whole time that we're gone. Yeah. Smart. Um, and we do like at dinner, we do a gratitude for our whole day. And then they also do a gratitude about each other. Cute. Um, they'll buy each other little gifts. Like, and sometimes they come up with that on their own like we'll be at the store and Jonah will be like can I get that for KK and it's so cute oh sweet (laughs) for Christmas they got each other stuff they just they're getting to the point now I don't know if it's age or if I think it's mostly because of the way we shifted our parenting but they are becoming best friends and it's like everything I ever hoped for (laughs) I know that's how I look at my girls now they are so sweet with each other Pia will Esme will say Oh, mommy, isn't Pia just so cute? Oh my gosh, that's so I know. Cute. I'm like, yes, she is. And now I'm crying. <laughs> so they do a lot of oh. games together. They do thumb wars. What were you going to say? I was going to say I forgot about um special time. Oh, with each that, other. Yeah. Yeah. The girls do like I'll sometimes I'll say, OK, it's time for special time. And Esme will be like, we're doing a Pia special time right now. We don't need you. <laughs> and I was like, OK, sorry. Yeah. So they like will, you know, Esme will do whatever Pia wants for a little while. And then mm-hmm. Pia will do whatever Esme wants for a little while. And they call it their own special time. That so I think so that's cute. kind of a fun thing to implement once in a while. Yeah. It creates good relationships. Yeah. The boys kind of do that, but they're still so little. Yeah, it doesn't They'll, really go the right way. <laughs> of course, it's like two minutes later, everyone's like, wait, it's my turn. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, Caleb's four, four and a half. He's actually almost five. So he another way I connect him with Jonah is by having him 
do things like I should have when he was little I should have been like go get Joey's diaper and bring it to mommy you know but I didn't before I was like don't touch anything like you're gonna get it on the floor it'll get dirty like just stay away but now I'm like KK can you fill up Jonah's water and get him a fork for dinner and he's like yeah I can definitely do that or he'll I've seen him like get Jonah up on the stool and he'll be holding his penis trying to help him pee and I'm like you are so sweet that is so cute so oh my it doesn't god get everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're so much better yeah. now than before. They match almost every day because Jonah wants to be the same as Caleb. So cute. Yeah. You know, another thing I was just thinking is that stay listening is one of the hand-in-hand parenting tools, but it's just, you know, really listening through upsets and having empathy mm-hmm. when kids are really, you know, struggling. And um, Esme will sometimes say, because I've done so much stay listening, Esme will say, you know, Mommy, I'll stay listen for Pia now. Oh, that's cute. And, yeah. And so I think when you really – you now that my girls are older, you can really see the connective tools coming full circle because I know a lot of us when they're young, we're like, is this really going to work? Don't I need to threaten and shame and punish? Don't I need to give them a consequence so they can learn right from wrong? I can't allow the bigger brother to hit the little brother and not give a punishment. And I can just say to you, having older kids now that it really does work and it comes full circle and you have to just trust in the process and know that you're doing the right thing because you're coming with the most love and kindness that you can Mm -hmm. and that you don't have to worry that it, that it's not going to work because it will. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm only two years in and I can already tell like it's changed everything in our house. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Especially with the siblings. I think if you have kids who have a really good sibling relationship, you're definitely doing something right. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely doing something right. Yeah, and if your kids are not getting along, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means that there's room for them to have more space to, you know, figure out their relationship. Mm-hmm. I have three siblings and it took us until probably our 20s to even be able to actually communicate for real without like fighting. Every yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. And that was my goal. I just I didn't want my kids to have to wait until then to be friends and mm-hmm. But I feel like that's the norm. Like people honestly think that's just normal that your kids are going to fight through their whole childhood and then they'll be friends later. But it can be different. Well, yeah, I think when connection is scarce, then the kids are, you know, playing out the those insecurities and those upsets around that with one another because they're not necessarily allowed to have those upsets with their parents. And so mm-hmm. they start to take out their stress on their siblings because those are the next safest place, right? They think, Oh, my, my siblings are still going to love me eventually, Yeah, <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> so they kind of, you know, play out what's happening inside their own world with the people around them. Yeah. Um, the other thing is with my husband, I can tell if we, if something's going on between us, even if we're like, we're not speaking about it right now, they feel it and they can tell, and then they'll start acting out. It's weird. It's very weird, but it's like somehow we're modeling that without even actually saying words. Well, kids are constantly looking and observing their environment. It's part of their survival mechanism, right? Their reptilian brain tells them, I need to have good connections with these adult people because these adult people are going to make sure I get food and water and shelter (laughs) and love. So I have to make sure that things are good between us. And if that seems rocky because the adults are having, you know, an upset, then they're worried about their connection and they're worried about, you know, basically survival. Now, granted, it isn't that, 
you know, dire. But I think that's where the reptilian brain goes. It's like, oh, well, my survival is in jeopardy because the adults aren't doing well. And so then they start to get nervous and start to take it out on one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's all we have for now. If you have any more questions, you can email Michelle or DM either one of us and make sure you look over the sibling rivalry protocol that we're attaching to this and um, send us your feedback because we'd love feedback on it. Mm -hmm. We want to know what you think. And don't forget to rate us and review us because we're new and that's exciting for us to, you know, see all those reviews and ratings and just know what you guys think about it. It keeps us going because this is not always easy. (laughs) Um, And download the free protocol. It's really great. And it will be attached to this episode. We're also attaching a link to my one-on-one coaching sessions, which I think that's what I did when I first started this is I did one-on-one coaching with um, a hand-in-hand parenting coach. And that really moved me in monumental ways. And that's how I know Gemma. So we're going to attach that too. And um, yeah, please find us if you have any questions. Yeah. And subscribe so you get notified when our next episode pops up. Yep. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back. Thank you.